What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of 4040 Shorts from the 4040 Vision podcast. We're so excited to bring you today's episode. But before we begin, here's a quick word from one of our sponsors. What's up, y'all? Welcome to another episode of 4040 Shorts, a short form podcast from the 4040 Vision podcast, where we try to cover a topic or history topic about sports in about 10 to 15 minutes. So today's topic is about tanking in the NBA. So every few years, there's a incident or team or player or organization that brings tanking in the NBA into focus. And for a few years, it was the Philadelphia 76ers and their process with Sam Hinkie, where the team was almost deliberately lo- losing to try to tank for better draft picks. I don't even want to say almost because they, they were deliberately losing trying to get draft picks. And the most recent one, of course, is with the Dallas Mavericks and some of the shenanigans, let's call it, that they pulled in their final reg- regular season game where they were purposely trying to avoid the 10th seed and the last playing spot. And as a result, they would end up in the draft lottery and they would avoid giving up a pick to the New York Knicks. So they still could give up a pick to the New York Knicks as a result of the Chris Porzingis trade a few years ago. But essentially, the Mavericks were punting on the play-in tournament and focusing on the offseason and trying to tank into a better draft pick. The Mavericks did some weird things in that game where they had Luka Doncic suit up for the first few minutes and then had him come out of the game and take a shower and come back and hang out on the bench for the rest of the game. And they played what felt like 20 different players trying to lose to the Chicago Bulls. And the NBA clearly was not a fan of what the, the Mavericks did. And they ended up finding them today, today's April 14th, to the tune of $750,000. The NBA has rules in place where they can fine teams for blatantly tanking or blatantly trying to lose games, and the fines can be up to $5 million. So $750,000 is not $5 million, but it's a sub- pretty substantial amount, I would say, for what the Mavericks did. Maybe if it was a more obvious thing where they did it for a few games instead of one, it could have been a larger fine. But the point is that the league agreed, just like everybody else that was watching, that what the Mavericks did was, in their words, uh, against the integrity of the game by purposely trying to lose to the Chicago Bulls, who had already locked up a play-in spot. So it it wasn't a concern for them, but it obviously knocked the Mavericks out of the play-in tournament and into the draft lottery. So the league has tried over and over to try to curb tanking in different ways. So one way that they did it, and it's kind of like whack-a-mole, right? Where one problem comes up, they smack it, or they're trying to plug holes into uh, a sinking ship type thing where you fix one hole, another one comes up. Because these teams are smart, or some of the teams are smart, I should say. And they generally find ways and loopholes around the tanking. So a few things that they did. The first was something that that seems really obvious now, but was not that obvious back then, and that was the draft lottery system. So prior to 1985, from basically 1966 to 1984, which is what we're really interested in because before that, the NBA was a whole different thing. But basically, the NBA introduced a coin flip in 1966 between the worst teams in each conference to determine who would obtain the first overall draft pick. So the team that lost the coin flip would get the second pick, and basically the rest of the picks were determined you know, by, by win-loss record, which is normal, right? So in 1985, they realized that 
this was just not a sustainable system because the rest of the teams kept tanking and it was just not sustainable. So what they did was they introduced the early lottery system. So this lasted from 1985 to 1989, where basically it involved a random drawing of an envelope from a hopper, they call it. And basically inside each of the envelopes was the name of a non-playoff team. So this led to some uh, conspiracy theories, we can call it, mostly involving the New York Knicks, where they supposedly had a frozen envelope so they could get Patrick Ewing, who was uh, one of the stars in college, who was, you know, balling out of control <laughs> in Georgetown. And basically, the conspiracy theory suggested that the NBA rigged the lottery system by having a frozen envelope. so. Patrick Ewing would end up on the Knicks, which was, of course, you know, one of the big market franchise teams and a, a guy that made sense there. So in 1990, the NBA ended up going with the weighted lottery system. So rather than just having random drawing from envelopes or drawing lots or whatever, the NBA decided that the worst non-playoff team that season would have 11 chances out of 66 to obtain the first pick. The second worst team would have 10 chances and so on. So basically, the worse you got, or the worse you were, the more chances that you had to get the first pick, but it wasn't immediately determined using, you know, an envelope or anything like that. So this actually lasted for quite a while. And this lasted all the way through uh, basically 1994, where the NBA implemented another rule where it prevented teams from winning the top pick in the draft in consecutive years. So the idea was here that, you know, we want to discourage tanking for multiple seasons. And then in 1996, the NBA changed the lottery odds just a little bit to give the worst teams a lower chance of receiving the top pick and a higher chance of receiving a lower pick. So basically trying to smooth out the lottery odds a little bit more. So it would make tanking a little less obvious. And then this lasted for, you know, 13 years or so. And the biggest change was made back in 2019 where the NBA implemented the most dramatic changes to the draft lottery where the top three picks or the top or say say worst three picks or worst three teams had the same odds of getting the first overall pick so basically I think it's 14 percent or something like that and the rest of the picks or the rest of the lottery was determined basically in terms of tiers and so the first three, the worst three teams had an equal amount of balls in the, you know, selection process, and they would have an equal chance of getting the first pick. And the idea here was, let's try to flatten this curve. Let's try to make sure that teams are not taking as blatantly, because if you know you're going to get the first overall pick, you're going to tank like crazy. If you think, well, shit, we might end up with the third or fourth pick, then it's not worth it anymore, because the chances are just that dramatically different. And then a couple of years ago, the NBA made an even bigger change where it's not directly related to the lottery per se, but what they did was they expanded the playoff format to include the play-in tournament. So instead of the first eight seeds in, the, in each conference making the uh, playoffs automatically, they have a tournament obviously in place now between the seventh through 10th seeds. So teams that were kind of on the bubble, maybe the 11th, 12th seed, could actually fight to get to the 10th seed and possibly make the playoffs. So the NBA also made a, a couple changes and rules around trading draft picks. So teams couldn't trade, you know, draft picks in multiple years or first round draft picks in multiple years to prevent teams from hoarding assets and all kinds of stuff like that. 
So it's it's funny that after all these things are put in place, there's still teams that are tanking. And we thought this year with the Victor Wembanyama sweepstakes that tanking would be especially egregious, but you know, credit to most of the teams in the NBA, it really wasn't. So the worst team in the leagues or the worst teams in the league, like the Detroit Pistons, uh, the Washington Wizards, the Houston Rockets, they weren't tanking per se. They just weren't very good. Had a lot of young players. So they tried. They weren't obviously trying to lose. I think they just were just losing because they're not very good. And then you have other teams that were on the bubble that started tanking maybe with a month or so left in the season. You look at uh, the Portland Trailblazers. They were pretty, not not eliminated from the play-in tournament, but they were on the outside looking in. And they decided, hey, let's shut down Dame Lillard for the last month of the season. And that's essentially a tanking move because while he might have been carrying a slight injury, I'm sure if they were a five seed or a six seed or seven or eight seed, whatever, he'd still be playing. Another team is the Utah Jazz where they were doing something very similar, where basically they started shutting down guys like Laurie Markkinen with um, ticky-tack injuries, some of their better players, uh, Jordan Clarkson, et cetera, because they knew that with the picks that they had from the Rudy Gobert trade and with everything else that they had in terms of their assets, it would be better for their long-term future to be on the outside looking in from the playoffs rather than being you know, a ninth or a tenth seed trying to get into the plane. With all of this, we can call it uh, stealth tanking going on. The, the question you have to ask is, is the NBA okay with it? Why didn't the Portland Trailblazers get fined a million dollars for benching Dame Lillard for the rest of the season, for quote-unquote shutting him down with an injury, or the Jazz, or the Spurs for sucking it up all year? And the list goes on and on. And it's because tanking in the NBA is a lot like picking your nose. (laughs) Bear with me here. It's one of those things where, you know, everyone does it. Everyone does it, you know, usually in the privacy of their own home, if they're in the shower, cleaning out their nose or doing whatever. But the minute that you're spotted doing it, you know, in traffic or waiting in line at the DMV or at the grocery store, it's, it's pretty gross. (laughs) It grosses people out. So it's one of those things that it's understood that everyone does it. It's pretty normal. It's almost expected, right? Because you got to get that booger out or you got to tank to get Tim Duncan or LeBron James or Victor Wimbanyama, whoever it is it might be. So it's understood. It's part of the process in the NBA. But the minute that someone sees you doing it, it's like, oh, that's gross. So when the Sixers are doing it and they're doing it in the most blatant, disrespectful way where they really are... I don't want to say cheating the game, but they really are testing the limits of the integrity of the game by purposely losing, by winning 10 games in a season, doing crazy things like that, and blowing draft picks because Sam Hinkie, who's a famous analytics guy, one of the heroes of the analytics movement in the NBA, decided that, you know, losing for four years or being mediocre for four years is not enough. We need to be awful. We need to be horrible. We need to guarantee that we're going to be the worst team in the NBA to increase our odds of success. And the NBA, almost directly as a result of what Sam Hinkie was doing, decided to implement the changes in 2019. And I don't think they'll ever admit it, 
but they essentially forced the Sixers to fire Sam Hinkie and hire a more traditional GM in Elton Brand, who still has the job now. Um, actually, no, I'm sorry. It was Brian Colangelo that had the job before Elton Brand, uh, who's most famously known for having a, a, t- a burner Twitter account that he blamed on he blamed on his wife, where she talked about his big collars and things like that, and ended up uh, making the famous Markel Fultz trade where they could have drafted Jason Tatum. Anyway, I digress. So the issue with what the Mavericks did is not that they had tanked because they could have easily just sat Luka Doncic for the last two, three games. They could have, you know, they didn't have to make up an injury. I'm sure he was carrying a hand or back or foot or calf or whatever injury and just shut him down. They could have done the same with Kyrie, who is famous for having some of these niggling injuries. And it would have been a piece of cake. But the fact that they did it in such a blatant and almost disrespectful way was the NBA was almost forced to find them or, or to, you know, send some kind of discipline their way. It's not going to change anything, but it's just something that the NBA had to do. So the, the ultimate question is, well, there's a couple questions I'll say. The first question is, do you as a fan care? So if you are a hardworking American, and you're spending your hard-earned dollars on season tickets for your Portland Trailblazers or your Utah Jazz or your Houston Rockets, and the team is purposely losing, does that bother you? I would say, as a former season ticket holder of the Philadelphia 76ers, it would. It absolutely would, because not only does it affect my pocket, it affects my mood. (laughs) And I don't want to watch a losing team And the worst thing is I don't want to pay to watch a losing team. So I would say most people do. But if you're just a fan that's, you know, watching from home and you understand going into the season that we're going to suck this year. So we might as well really suck and just improve our chances of getting a generational star. Even if you don't, if, even if there isn't a Wembenyama type guy, you're okay with it because it's, it's just expected. You'd rather be 20 and 62 and get the first overall pick versus being, you know, 30 and 52 and getting the third or fourth overall pick. You know, it's it's painful while it's happening, but in the long run, it's definitely worth it. So the other question is, I think this is the final question, is is there any way for the NBA to actually fix this? And they've been trying. They've really, really been trying since, you know, it's been close to 40 years now. They've been trying and they haven't been able to find a solution. I think they've improved it because of the the smoothing of the odds, the play-in tournament making it a little less uh, enticing to just tank because it gives some of the teams on the outside looking in a chance to get into the playoffs. So they've tried, and they will continue to try, and the NBA teams will continue to try tanking in response. And really the only way – that you can fix tanking in general, not even just in the NBA, but in the NFL and Major League Baseball and any other sport where there is a draft is to introduce promotion and relegation, which they do in Europe, they do in Mexico and in any of these soccer leagues around the, the world. But it's just such a foreign concept. And there, I don't think it'll ever come to the, the U.S., even in MLS, so much less you know in the NBA or NFL. So short of doing promotion and relegation, there is – no way to 100% eliminate tanking as something that teams are just going to do. And part of me thinks that, you know, it's it's just part of the game. It's something that the smart teams do. It's something that 
the uh, worst teams in the NBA do on accident and some of the smart teams in the, t- in the NBA do on purpose. And same goes for the NFL and other leagues where if you have an opportunity to suck for a better draft pick, you're going to take it because the long-term future of your franchise could be decided by some quote-unquote meaningless games at the end of the season. So let us know what you think about tanking. Is it something that bothers you? Is it something that could be fixed? Is it something that you want to be fixed? Could the NBA ever truly get rid of it? You've heard my answer, and I'd love to hear yours. That's it for our show today. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We hope you check us out on all the major podcasting platforms. Please like and subscribe and leave a review. We're on all social media platforms at 4040VisionPod. That includes Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, YouTube, and many more. Thanks, y'all. Peace out.